You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 151. We're so excited this week. We have Pat Barber and Taz Barber on the show. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hello. This episode is sponsored by 4Athletics, and you can enter code GGW at 4Athletics.com to get 20% off your order. We want to tell you all about their clothing because we're super excited about this new sponsor. They are... um a pretty new company. Their site actually just launched last week and they make leggings and shorts and tank tops and they make awesome men's clothes. Men's clothing. um, We hear the men's lounge pants are like pretty much you just wear them 24-7 even if you're a girl. Claire, yeah, Claire, <laughs> Mom Sandy is so or excited for these them. lounge pants. And, and I'm wearing the leggings right now. I love them. They Everyone keeps asking, do they pass the squat test? Do they pass the they squat totally test? They pass the squat test. They absolutely pass the squat test. They have Wait, the... squat test? Yeah, so... You know, you the know, one like when, okay, where you Pat, can't you know, see your butt. Right, you know how when you're watching mm-hmm. people do squats, and even Taz, you're like watching people do squats, and then they're and like, like, whoa, I can kind of see through those leggings, and like, I'm trying hmm. not to look, but I'm a coach, I'm so I kind of have to. Suddenly yes. super Kind of awkward. Suddenly super weird that you're not wearing underwear right gotcha okay (laughs) and then passing is not being able to see right so you cannot right so it's like kind of a big thing in girl world that you get get leggings that you can't see through you know it's kind of a big deal so yes so these leggings are absolutely and they pass the butt sweat test yeah and which is another important test very important so we are a huge fan huge fan of four athletics please support this sponsor and support the podcast at the same time you can enter code ggw at checkout again 20 percent off your entire order and let them know that we sent you. And so thank the you. one other cool thing about for athletics that I want to bring up that we forgot to mention last week is that everything is made in the U.S. Yes. And it, as it turns out, less than 2% of clothes sold in the U.S. are made in the U.S. Very cool. Go for athletics. And it's yeah. for like the number four. For F-O-U-R yes. athletics.com. And they're awesome. We love working with them. And all of our sponsors we're really picky about. So you know that they're good. Which is why you ramble on about them. Yeah, let's keep going. Pat, sorry. (laughs) We're just going to talk the whole hour. You guys can just listen to us. You just go for it. I'm totally cool with that. I'm actually checking out the site now. Okay, cool. Pat, we're going to get you some shorts and some (laughs) leggings and some man pants. Some leisure pants. Yeah, leisure pants. Can we leisure? Athleisure pants. Leisure um, yes. Pat, do you sport athleisure wear? Athleisure wear, I do. I actually, that's ninety percent. Oh, the only wear. thing that's, he wears. That's all I wear. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty hard when we have to go out for dinner or something because that's all I own. Yeah. Oh, Taz, I, are you like trying to get some other clothing into his repertoire? Um, are you like? I think in it the, looks the best in leisure wear. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of true. You guys it's are just right. both so athletic. I'm I'm married to someone who didn't know the difference between jeans and slacks when I met him. Uh huh. Yeah. So I didn't know there was a difference between jeans. Learned something new every day. I was like, "Do you have any nice pants to wear? Like some slacks?" And he's like, "Yeah, like jeans." I was like, "Nope." <laughs> That's okay. I'm married to the complete opposite where my oh husband God. this morning, I was leaving the house and I had black shoes on and he goes, we need to get you a pair of brown shoes because it's almost summertime. And I was like, you need to stop telling me what to wear because you're a man and you are such a fashion geek. Yeah. So we live in complete opposite worlds. Okay. Oh okay. So Pat and Taz, again, welcome to the show. We're so excited that you guys are on this week because we have tons of stuff to talk to you about, especially warm up and workout. We want to hear all about this new program that you guys, well, it's fairly new. It launched in the no, fall. It- yeah, so yeah. November was our first month, and then just kind of been going month to month since then. Awesome. And Pat, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I'm kind of unforgettable, but you did teach at my level one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you had the vibrating roller. How could I forget about that? Yes. <laughs> so I just remember. That's an awkward detail. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. I, this is not live, right? 
I just remember you being so friendly and everyone so scared at their level level one that that was a huge thing for me walking in and just Joy a, was real scared. I was so scared and nervous and I think everyone is doing their level one and I just remember you being especially friendly and happy and jokey and it really put me at ease so thank you for that that was like a year and a half ago um yeah. so you are I mean I just feel like you are the history of CrossFit. I feel like you have like the OG everything. So give a quick rundown of what Claire and I like to call our CrossFit testimonial. And I wish I had church music right now to go along with this. But it's our in Taz, I'd love to hear this as well. So you guys can, you know, fight over who wants to go first. Talk about your CrossFit testimonial of what brought you to CrossFit in a nutshell. Um, let me go first. Yeah. I think hers is actually almost more impressive, just kind of her start. But I, I started in high school. Uh, Tony Budding and Nicole Carroll. Tony Budding was the old director of media. Nicole Carroll's director of training currently. Um, Nicole okay. Carroll. Were, okay, we just have yeah, to make a pause, sign out here. Sorry. We love Nicole Carroll. <laughs> we love we her. We call her, her to, the Yoda. Yeah, we want her to record a guided meditation of CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> every time she talks we're just like i feel so calm yeah her voice that, is so relaxing yeah that okay is honestly more spot on than you'd think she was my pottery teacher and oh and uh <laughs> kind of has the background of the guided meditation so you, you know that's not too far off from what you might oh, be able to do for her. that's amazing i'm just so impressed by when she's in front of the camera does she <laughs> does she just does that just come out of her head or is she reading from a teleprompter well so she actually works harder than I think anyone I've ever seen on being in front of a camera. So okay. she naturally doesn't have any of that. And and she'll she'll be up front with it. She, she works her butt off to make that work. And it's it's always impressive for me because uh I've seen how hard it is for her and she always pushes through it and the videos that come out look amazing. So she yeah. she does a great amazing. job. She's yeah. So, so we we're very impressed. Please okay. pass that okay. along to go her. Back. So go ahead. Continue. Continue. <laughs> so they were my old high school teachers and uh I had never done any sort of athletic training before but uh, Tony Budding and Nicole Carroll wanted to, well, actually Tony wanted to bring some sort of lifting to the volleyball team because he heard that clean and jerks and snatches, or the Olympic lifts, helped with jumping. So he looked that up in the old Google machine, and what popped up was uh, CrossFit Santa Cruz, which was um, one of the only two CrossFit gyms at the time. And he went in, and he's like, all I want to learn how to do is clean and jerk. And uh, they they, uh, they taught him more than that. So they, they taught him more than just clean and jerking. And they taught him all about CrossFit. And he kind of met Greg and figured out what a, a brilliant human being that Greg was and got kind of fully bought into the community. And uh, then brought CrossFit up to our school, trained all the kids there, all the you know seniors, all the way down to about 16-year-old kids. And uh, from there, once I graduated high school, I ended up going down south for college for a year, came back up here and was just kind of doing CrossFit off and on and uh, working at a restaurant. And one day I quit my job and was driving by the gym and I was like, you know, I'll go train. So I went in and trained and told Tony that I just quit my job and he's like, well, that's cool. Do you want, do you know how to edit video? And I was like, no, but I can learn. <laughs> so, so he sat me down in front of a video uh, of Annie Sakamoto doing, I believe it was a, a clean and jerk and it was from the front and from the side and I had to sit down and edit my way through that video and trial by fire learn how to edit video on the fly and um, ever since I learned how to do that it was I started flying to all the seminars and watching all the best coaches in the world and I was kind of right the place right time yeah started competing in 2008 and you know met Taz through CrossFit and at, almost every opportunity in my life has been provided by CrossFit so yeah that was my initial intro through that and then now and, I'm here. Right? And you competed almost every year, correct? Yeah, I, I competed 2008 as an individual, 2009, uh, 2010 as a, on the CrossFit New Zealand team, 
2011 as an individual. 2012, my appendix burst uh, the day before, like two weeks or one week before regionals, the Monday before the Friday regionals. Um, That was fun. Uh, (laughs) 2013, I went team. 2000, wait. No, you individual in 2013. 2013, I went individual. 2013, I went individual, misqualified. Marcus Philly uh, beat me by one one clean. I, I love Marcus, but. That's that's a, a fun yes. memory. Uh, um, and then in 2014, we went team for the first time uh, at NorCal. Uh, and then in 2015, we went team as well that last year. So been a number of years. There you go. So you've seen it really evolve. Oh, I yeah. Mean, like really evolve. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very different place in 2008. And, and how about yeah. Taz? Well, so mine doesn't start with um, Nicole Carroll or Greg Glassman. <laughs> so he he said mine was more impressive. It's most definitely not. It's just um, I it was about I think it was two thousand seven, and I was just finishing off my degree in sport and exercise science, and I was a sprint kayaker at the time. So you need to have a lot of explosive power and strength to that is to, badass. Yeah, that's badass. So yeah, it's Kayaking really scares the crap out of me. Um. And my, I wasn't increasing any strength. I wasn't getting stronger in the, just doing regular gym stuff. And my friend at the time, he was like, hey, I have this, like, I've seen this, like, CrossFit stuff on, on the internet. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. We did one workout and I think, you know, as usual, like, laid us on our butts. And we were like, that was kind of stupid because we were into sport and exercise science at the time. And, of course, like, to us back then, you know, that CrossFit was kind of random and, and sort of stupid to us. So we left it for about three or four months and then we kept coming back to it we're like this is this is really intriguing and we kept doing more and more workouts and after about six months of just doing the workouts I got stronger than I'd ever been in my life fitter than I'd ever felt and we were like literally we have to open the first CrossFit gym in New Zealand as fast as we can so within about six or seven months starting CrossFit we opened up CrossFit New Zealand in 2008 and no one had heard of CrossFit back then in New Zealand. So we were the first ones and we had to get the word out. Um, and it was just, it was it was hard, but it was really fun. And we had a great time getting it started and getting the word out. And I think there's now, I mean, I don't even want to say how many there are because I, I don't actually know, but there's definitely over 100, right, Pat? In New Zealand? Like way over 100 affiliates in New Zealand, I yeah, want to say. there's a lot. Um, and then in 2008, I realized that you could actually compete in CrossFit, which to me was kind of cool because I've been an athlete my whole life. So I started training a little bit more than, you know, every day. I train a couple times a day and qualified for the 2009 games. Oh, she didn't qualify. She dominated the Australian music. <laughs> she, she, she wrecked shot. Okay. There's some amazing photos there. All right. Let's, let's lay it on let's the line Let's just here. lay it out, Taz. You own that. No, I, I Pat's being a bit kind. Own it. I think I like. I think I owned one of the workouts. <laughs> so, so qualified for that, and that was fun. Um, and that's where Pat and I met was at the 2009 games. The lead up to it, actually, that's that's another story. We can go down that later. But the rest is history. And then Pat kind of came and lived with us, and then stole me away, and now we live here. <laughs> so, what was it like moving, uh, you know, to a totally different continent? New Zealand and California have. A lot of similarities. That's fair. The people are very different, but the, I don't know, would you say that, Pat? Yeah. Like the, I mean, just, the, the town, we live in Santa Cruz. Um, right. And the feel of Santa Cruz is a very similar, I think, to the feel of a lot of New Zealand. Mm. Um, in terms of the general climate, they're at both temperate climates. New Zealand's a bit more rainy, um, but also a little yeah. bit warmer at times. 
the, the just the general feel is very similar. So, so everyone's very outgoing, yeah. very active. You yeah. know, people want to get out and do stuff, healthy lifestyle. Oh, yes, that's fair. So it's not like you moved to like the Bible Belt or something right. and had to figure yeah. it out. No, no, exactly. Yeah, that would be very different. And and I have one stipulation for me is I have to live by the ocean. So it's, yeah. uh, as long as I'm by the, the ocean, I'm, I'm fine. Um, Claire, yeah. and I, Claire and I like to, well, at least I should say I like to compare people in CrossFit to like people in Hollywood because I feel like CrossFit has just become like... Like this microcosm, microcosm, or, yeah. like famous, and there's a lot of famous athletes now. So I feel like you and Taz are like the Angelina and Brad, Brad Pitt. Oh, oh, you guys, yes. you know what? Because you guys have like whatever this... you want. You just, you just tell me. You got no. I'm serious. Like you guys have like this beautiful family, <laughs> yeah. and you have like these gorgeous kids, and then it's just like like they're totally Go Angelina, back. yeah. <laughs> and Brad. Now all you guys have to do is make perfect. a super corny movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Pat, you could edit it. Yeah, You're totally I mean, in. Yeah. So you guys are just adorable. And I love following you guys on Instagram because you do. You have a beautiful family. So talk a little bit more. Let's go into the program that you've developed and tell us all about that and tell our listeners what where they can find this program. So basically what we did is uh, what Taz did for years is is she's an amazing programmer for gyms. And she kind of took it one step further. And when she was in New Zealand, uh, at CrossFit New Zealand, she would try to keep all the coaches on the same page by writing something called a session plan. Because when uh, when CrossFit was kind of first coming up, it was like the workouts were like the big kind of bang for your buck. It was the thing that really separated CrossFit out from most other fitness programs was just that, you know, once three, two, one go happens, and then once that calms down. So when, you're, when we were first establishing like coaching methods and coaching styles, it was each coach to their own. So like every coach who would come in would create their own warm up. And then, you know, even if everyone at the gym did the same workout, it would always be a different coach's warm up depending on the, who the coach was. And when I went to New Zealand, that changed because I, I had been coaching at CrossFit Santa Cruz for a long time and I'd been on level one staff and I, I'd had my kind of coaching history already kind of built up. I'm not the greatest at thinking of stuff on the fly. Well, actually, I'm great at thinking of stuff on the fly. I'm not the greatest at pre-planning. You're good at thinking of things to say. I'm th- Yeah, good at thinking of things to say, <laughs> yeah. but not of things Subtle, to Subtle but important difference. <laughs> right. So not of things to do. And uh, so my, my problem a lot of times is I'd show up to class and I'd know exactly what I was going to do for the workout. But that whole, you know, 50 minutes beforehand, I would suck and I would be, I would just like wing it and I'd be like all right go for another 400 guys come on back and we're gonna do some leg swings you know what take another 400 I need to think of some other stuff to do you know yeah. it was just like arm circles it, yeah let's do some hip circles you know let's do some shoulder rolls so like every day was like that for me but when I moved to New Zealand Taz would write these things called session plans which were like it would break down the session so she'd write a, a custom warm-up for the day she'd write some coaching focuses she'd write some time breakdowns just kind of roughly and uh, and then also the workout so like as a coach I I had this template that I could go in and then, you know, instill my style into her pre-made template. And it really enhanced my coaching because I could focus on actually coaching. I wasn't trying to like think of stuff to do on the spot. And so I had never experienced that before. And then as soon as I tried it, I was absolutely hooked and was like, oh my God, this is great. And then a couple of years ago, Taz and I were looking for, uh, basically looking at what the CrossFit market was. And we realized that nobody was really in the affiliate world, helping out affiliates with programming. Everyone is in the competitive world, just doing programming for the 1%. And and we're like, it's very true. Let's let's program for the ninety nine percent. Let's program for the people who actually benefit the most from from doing CrossFit. And it it blew my mind that no one was really in this market. I think there's a couple people. And I was like, we already do this day in and day out for NorCal, doing these session plans that are written out for all the coaches. Why don't we figure out a way to get this to more people? And that's uh, 
kind of was the seed behind thinking of warm up and workout and then kind of working our way into building it over the course of like eight months into a, a website and a business. So the gym that I go to does warm up and work out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I literally oh. just came like drove from the gym to here. And I was just thinking as you were like, yeah, hey, like, go run another 400. I was like, that actually was today's warm up. So <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I know who wrote that one. <laughs> Yep. Uh, sorry about that. Did you did you do the did you do my birthday workout yesterday? Oh no, the overhead squats and wall balls. No, was my birth my birthday wasn't yesterday. It was the day before. Yesterday. Oh, um, the the circus workout with the, all the rope climbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was again trying to be in Cirque du Soleil. Nice. <laughs> yeah, in a more painful way though, less not less graceful. But yeah, thanks. Happy birthday. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so our, our gym does that. And I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't even know until I was talking to um, the owner of my gym. And I was like, yeah, we're talking to Pat Barber this week. And, and, he, and, and his wife has, and he's like, oh, we do their programming. I was like, okay, cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the thing that I just loved about it was it gets all the coaches on the same page. And yeah. it's, it, it creates a, an ability for all the coaches to be giving the same thing to all the clients it makes it so like as a gym owner, you're not focusing on one aspect of your gym, which is just programming, which sucks up hours and hours of time. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, there's a lot of gyms who who don't do the greatest programming in all honesty. They they try to program for the gyms like they're programming for an athlete. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need to be programming for people who want to get more fit, not who want to go to the CrossFit Games or the regionals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a lot of different ideas on what the best programming is, but we have spent a lot of time with trial and error just kind of over the last – 13 years of my fitness career and Taz is 10 making those mistakes. So now it's, it's a lot less. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I do remember at level one, you're going to be so impressed that I retained all this pat. Uh, I'm just really trying to Let's impress, impress you guys. I remember you saying that a lot of gyms will tend to program like five things in one hour. Um, and if you look at a program and it has like three different things that you need to accomplish in the hour, you're kind of like, Ooh, because it's catering to kind of what the people want as opposed to what's best for them. And people want to pack as much into an hour and And, it's really just not the good quality. And from a coaching standpoint, that is so hectic. Yes. Just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, we're going to have this, you know, 15 minute warm up, and then we're going to go do a bunch of like barbell work and then we're going to come back and have a wad. And it's like, how can you possibly focus on coaching any given movement in that series? And I will. Yeah. And I will never forget this too, is this really stuck with me was that I used to hate Ollie days. I used to hate just doing weightlifting. And I just, I mean, I think a lot of us can say that we came from the idea that more is better, but in, in the sense of like more cardio is better. And so I just will never forget you saying, you know, Hey, if you don't, if you go in and you're just doing back squats that day and you leave and you feel like you have more left in the tank than you didn't give it your all. And that really stuck with me because I, I came from probably before I did my level one, like two years when I was really afraid of lifting. Um, And I've been doing CrossFit for a long time. I just, I I did, I did a back squat one day and I kind of injured my back. It was totally minor. It healed within like a month, but it totally scared me to where I was like, this is, this is bad. This is stupid. And I just poo-pooed it. It was completely untrue. It was just that I had poor form. I know exactly what, what went wrong, but the idea that, I was just going to poo-poo weightlifting and be like, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to lift heavy. But I slowly kind of saw the light that 
lifting heavy is such a good workout. It's such a good way to train your body. But I was also doing it half ass and I was doing it rushed and I was doing it in a setting where it wasn't the main focus and it wasn't really like respecting that type of workout. And Mm. so when you said that, it really stuck with me like, yeah, you should really be giving that your your full focus and your full attention that when you leave, you're like, man, I, I really killed that. Right. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I'm glad that you, you know, you had that from the seminar. I think, I think it's what, what's all too sad to me is that a lot of coaches have that realization at the seminar and they're like, Oh, I get it. You know, I get why we don't do a, a, a lift and then something else every day. But then when they go back to their normal gyms, like they end up doing that every day because people talk about wanting that. You yeah, know? like it, that's going to be such a hard balance for, for, is, your, for your members to be like, but I want cardio. <laughs> yeah. Right. And well, but it, it's it's so strange. It's like, because you get both ends of the spectrum of like people like, I want cardio. And then half the other people are like, I want to lift every day. And I think for me and my facilities that I've always created is like, you as the coach know what's best. You know, there is going to be a vocal minority who always talks to you and tells you like, we should be doing this. And it's like, Let's wait a second. Who's the coach here? You know, Who's paying her to do what? Right. Yeah, right. You're paying me because you trust me. And and I want you to continue to trust me. And I think there's a fine line you, you play with as a coach and as a programmer of being like, you know, giving in to the members and letting them have certain things that they want. And then also keeping their best interest at heart because you as a coach truly should have that be their number one thing is like you want them to be the best, the fastest. Now, that's an interesting point, because the first thing I thought of just being devil's advocate when you're like, who are you, pay-? you know, you're paying me and you should trust me is I wonder and I know people get entitled like I'm paying a lot of money to come here and they mm. want to navigate the programming. Right? right. And so that's a really good point you bring up, especially for gym owners of, hey, you know, no, you're paying for a service and you have to you know, put your trust in me. And I have to think that some gym owners may succumb to that pressure while others may say, sorry, you're going to have to find another gym, but then you're turning away business. Like it's got to be so hard. But I think that all all boils down to how you deal with the situation. Like a a good personal gym owner is going to explain it to a person to a way they're going to understand. So like you're going to hear what they're coming at you with and you're going to validate them and be like, I totally hear you here. I I understand that you want this and this. And then you're going to be like, and we're going to do our best to make that work for you. But what are your long-term goals? And then they'll give you their long-term goals, and which is usually to get stronger or faster or fitter. And then you'll be like, great. My goal is to get you there the fastest. And I, I want you to hear why we think that this is going to get you there. So if you're educated and you can deal with them and validate where they're coming from, but then let them know that you have their goals of, you know, in, in mind all the time while you're doing stuff, it's, it's going to make them, it's going to break down the defenses a lot. And the person who constantly just doesn't hear that is probably going to be a bad seed either way. Yeah. So for me, those are few and far between. More often than not, people will listen. We actually have a, a couple of funny ones at, at NorCal who like, they, they talk all the time about how bad we're doing it, but they never leave. And it's like, it's like, you've been here for four years and you're telling me that I'm doing it wrong this entire four years. It's like, there's 30 other gyms in the area. So obviously something that we're giving you is working. And, and it's not like you need to be mean to them. It's just like, you need to explain it to them as, and, and like, it's it's not a little bit maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you believe in what you're doing, and I think that's the bigger thing, as long as you believe it and you have reasons why you're doing it, it really, really helps with dealing with the people who have a hard time with it. So Taz, talk a little bit about the programming and how you, your logic behind it and how you keep it fresh and how you guys kind of keep it going with warm up and workout. Um, so we follow a GPP program, meaning it's just general physical preparedness, like 
a CrossFit program. I have a I have a template that I use every month and but it's it's different every month. So and how I've done it and how it's evolved from CrossFit New Zealand to NorCal CrossFit to to warm up and workout. We we noticed a pattern with with clients. So people usually have days that they come. So they'll either come like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, or, you know, the weekend or whatever it is. So a lot of the programming revolves around setting it up so everybody gets a little bit of everything. So for example, if someone comes in every Tuesday, then I make sure that, you know, every Tuesday isn't running day or back squat day so that they are going to get challenged in a different way every week. So that's the biggest challenge is to to make the variance enough so that everybody is getting a good dose of different modal domains. Um, so I start there and then I kind of just start filling it in from there. And Can you give an example of you know what one looks like so people have an idea? Oh, yeah. So with, on our warm-up and workout page, we have a whole week of session plan examples. So if you go to warmupandworkout.com and you go to the goods, if, if, no, if you go to the home page and you scroll down, there's you literally just have to put your email in and you can, um, you'll get access to free seven days of session plans right then and there. And yeah, you can have a look at the 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 workout shows at the top, and then underneath is the the brief. And we give breakdowns, time breakdowns for each of the the session plans. So usually we give five minutes for a, a brief. A, a brief shouldn't take any longer than five minutes. If it does, you probably talking a little bit too much um, and then the warm-up varies depending on how long the workout is and then we have some skill stuff workout prep and workout under that as well and yeah so it's it's all there for everyone to kind of have a look at and, and see what they think awesome do you have a favorite workout that stands out that you've programmed in the, since november oh man i have i have a brain like a sieve <laughs> <laughs> is there one where I, you're like oh man that was way harder than we thought it was going to be oh well you know what yeah, I do. And I, it was actually, it was a moment. Which one was that? It was a, it was a really bad moment in time. I, <laughs> I didn't. You say bad. I think it was funny. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Is this the well, lunges workout? No. Yes. No, no, no. But that was bad too. But there was one. Um, <laughs> I had to do that one. It was so hard. What was so, it? So every now and then I'll, I'll, you know, every time I make a workout out, I, in my brain, I know exactly how long pieces of a workout take. So I'm like, okay, this is going to take a minute. This is going to take two minutes. But, you know, and then, and so I'll work out how long the workout's going to take. And, and sometimes we do the workout. And so we have that validation. Okay. That's good. That takes that long. Good. This workout I wrote was like, so you go one to 25 of back squats and then you go 25 to one of, I think, I think it was kettlebell swings. So now if you actually total that up, that's 25 rounds of back squats, kettlebell swings. And it was a total of 400. No, it was like 600 reps. It was like, no, it was was, was 555 reps of each or something. And my brain did not even compute that that's how much work I was programming. And we had one of our members emailing in saying and you set the time cap at like 15 minutes. yeah it was ridiculous it was yeah. like it's like almost like a ah, april fools <laughs> just like, kidding it was like so yeah i i remember when that workout was programmed and it was a huge blizzard here but did people do it no okay so no but only because the, the gym literally closed because oh, there was, was a, blizzard. a blizzard it was oh, actually, actually like a huge blizzard yeah like, yeah, a, yeah, real like, life a, blizzard. like a literal yeah. like weather blizzard not like we don't know but, what that is yeah <laughs> There's like snow but, like, and it the, freezes. Apparently the 530 class 
went in and they were like, uh, I can't. and so they were like, All right, well, let's just do air squats. And then they were like, well, maybe we should go down in increments of five. And I was like, well, maybe we should. And like, they kind of were looking at it and I was like, well, maybe we should do this. And I feel like they ended up going in increments of five. I think that's the only thing that I think that's what they modified. And then they did air squats. That makes sense. Yeah, they're probably. I mean, I I think I programmed like ninety five pounds. Like it was, it was, it would have taken. No, someone did it. One of the guys emailed us and was like, "Hey, fifteen minutes was a little tight. I think we we had a couple girls go RX and it took them like forty (laughs) five, and they couldn't walk for two weeks." Oh my god, I felt. But that's that's pretty awesome though, Taz. Like I remember too. There's another thing, Pat. You're probably gonna think I'm like the biggest nerd from remembering all these things. But I remember too from your level one. Um, that you said, you know, it's a lot of trial and error and you just have to start coaching. You just have to get going. And like the first class is usually your trial class where you're like, okay, we're going to make some adjustments because you just, in your head, it's one thing, but then you end up going, okay, maybe that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And you have to roll with it. Well, the funny part is too, is like we review these session plans a bunch. So like she'll write them, I'll review them. She'll read them, review them again. And then before we put them out, we have myself, the person who puts them in to uh, be on the whiteboard for us, and then like a, a, another person review them. So, like, that made it past like five like people. Five people. <laughs> and still. It's just like all of us somehow didn't piece together the workload of it. And it was, right. it was just, it was just a mistake. And like, uh, uh, we kind of like emailed that. We're like, hey guys, sorry about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but good on you. You got a good mental grind. Yeah, right. Uh, you know? I love how no one questioned it. There no, was the, there, was, there was like, one dude you know? like, hey, do you think maybe the time cap's a little tight? But then other than that, it was right. like, yeah, and then so everyone funny. just was more laughing than anything else. So, you know, I, we, I feel like you guys have like, I always think this with Dave Castro at the Open. Like, you guys really have some leverage. You could really tell people to do oh, pretty totally. much anything. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. yeah. Please, yeah. We, please don't, that. because I'm yeah. going to have to do it, like, yeah. personally. <laughs> I know, now, like, now next sense. week, it's going to be, like, hold your breath for time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, damn it, Taz. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't. Yeah. yeah thanks. I'm still waiting for Dave Castro to program the limbo in the Open. Yeah, we're waiting I for know. that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's hard to quantify, though. You know, no, it's not. Can... How low can you go? How low can you go? Uh, oh, it's too shy. Reps, though, or would it be for like a one rep max? Um, I think it'd have to be a one rep max. Okay, fair but enough. But with like a time cap, you know, like like seven minutes to find out how low you can go. Taz is going to program that. Just watch. Please do. Please do. I will be so excited. <laughs> As like a warm up. Oh my gosh, it'd be the best. I told you. So oh, that's a great idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You gotta get pretty warm. I will give you, you credit limbo, for that. Yeah. <laughs> be warm before you do a limbo. Yeah, like my yeah. knees of... ache thinking about the limbo right now. Oh, a couple of back bends, you'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> you'll be totally fine. fine. She has some candlesticks in there. Everything will be fine. <laughs> All right, so kind of to go along with that, we have a listener question uh, from Jill. She says, what have you found to be the most effective way to help people see the light, getting them to recognize the benefits of showing up every day? I realize you can't make anyone do anything they are not ready to do, but what can help nudge that person that is 15% in? So is the question, what's the best way to get somebody to go hard? Yeah, I think, I think. Well, keep um, coming. Yeah, I keep, keep coming. coming. I think mm-hmm. what's the best way to like that person in your life who you know, kind of seems interested and you really know it would be good for them, but they, you know, how can you get them to rec- recognize the benefits of showing up and getting in the door every single day? The community. Yeah. Well, yeah. the community is huge. I, I think it's relating to whoever the person is yeah. and where they're coming from. So people are going to have their hangups in one way or another, whether it be like, oh, I don't want to get muscular or, oh, I don't like other people or, oh, I don't like going harder. They, they're going to have all these reasons why they don't want to, but there's CrossFit's so multifaceted that it's got so many sides to it 
that if you truly understand all the different sides, you can show them a side that they're going to vibe with. Mm-hmm. So say it's somebody who's competitive or has competitive nature. That's like, that's an easy one. You like, you play the competitive card. You're like, Hey, we're going to go in and I'm going to beat you. And then when you do the workout, you get done, you let them win and you're like, Oh my God, did you feel that? And they're like, Oh, that was the best thing ever. So, or so say it's my mother. I can be like, mom, don't worry about it. You and I are going to do this together. It's going to be like a family thing. And I really want to be there and we're going to scale it way back and we're going to make it so it's, you know, it's, it's super right up your alley. It's going to be as easy as you want to do it. And you can go as slow as you need to. And, uh, one side of that was like showing somebody scaling and the other side of it was pushing them to oblivion. Totally. And and I think it really is reading the person who's having a hard time getting in the gym or having a hard time seeing light and actually making that in there mm-hmm. and playing to the strength, playing to what you know they're going to enjoy. Not 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 what you enjoy about CrossFit, but what you think they're going to enjoy about CrossFit. Right. And I, I truly I love what you said, Taz, too, about community. And yeah. I feel like community is in and of itself another member of CrossFit. Kind so of, how do you factor. Yeah, how do you really nurture the community at your gym? What do you feel is like the maybe top three things that you really try to stay conscious of to make that community special? Well, I think so. If we're talking about getting people in the door, I think having some sort of prep course or on ramp program so that people are kind of forced to come to the same session for, you know, however long it is two weeks, a month, whatever your, you know, onboarding program is. And I think the fact that they're hanging out those two weeks with people that are probably just as nervous as they are. Um, just starting CrossFit and they, they have some sort of kinship after those few weeks and then they go into the, the larger community as a smaller community. So they already have this these new friends. And then um, in terms of keeping that, that whole community feel, I think a lot of it just happens itself with most gyms. But I know what NorCal does really well is have a lot of the, the – the gyms themselves have a lot of potlucks. Like every Friday, they might just, you know, throw some stuff on the barbecue out outside after workouts. They, you know, do mini competitions. The coaches, I'm kind of going off into a tangent, but I think the coaches that run the facilities have a huge play in the community feel. And if the coaches all have really great relationships with each other, as well as the clients, that really shows and it just makes everybody even closer together. I definitely think finding coaches who, who mesh are together. there, well, they're meshed together and they're who are there for the people yes. rather than there for themselves. Totally. Um, and then creating a gym that's centered around people and not competition because mm. competitive gyms tend to be the ones that have fragmented, strange communities because not everyone wants to do that and competition has a very ugly side as well. That's a really good point. We yeah, get I a lot like of feedback for, about that. For from, uh, from listeners. listeners who, you know, most of our listeners are not competitive CrossFitters, do not aspire to be competitive CrossFitters. Mm. And some of them who go to gyms, <clears throat> excuse me, I have like some, like those 400s that you guys made me do. My, yeah. my it was just a warm up. You shouldn't run as fast. <laughs> no, they were in the workout too. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, um, they, you know, they'll say that if they go to a more competitive gym, a lot of times it feels very clicky, like the, com- like the competitors have their own click and that they don't want to like, you know, they kind of look down or not, not necessarily look down, but just are very not inclusive of the people who are not there, you know, to trying to get to regionals or trying to get to the games. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a real shame. Yeah, I, I, it really bothers me. And mm. it's something that I've, I've never understood because yeah. I enjoy CrossFit for the people. Like that's, 
90% yeah. of it. And yeah, as a like, coach, like I really could care less about my competitors in the gym. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I like them. They're cool and all, but if they are distracting from me teaching a class, mm. it's like, guys, you need to stop because I'm teaching class <laughs> and these people are the people who really matter. Yeah. Because- and that's, that's interesting. Cause we also get feedback sometimes that coaches like, well, you know, kind of play favoritism towards the competitors, which is silly to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, I think the- that's just maybe an experience thing. It's, it's yeah. very exciting for people to, yeah. to see their, you know, their members kind of, um, like bloom into competitors and yeah, totally. they, 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 you know, they feel a part of it, especially if they have had a hand in it. So, mm-hmm. but, but I think the longer, the longer you are in CrossFit, the more, you know, and both, both Pat and I are competitors and we have been for a very long time, but mm-hmm. we both like I CrossFit a lot more than Pat does right now, but Hey, I'm trying to know. surf a bit. Okay. <laughs> the, um, the only reason is so I can be around other people. Like yeah. I don't, I mean, yes, I did the open, but it was so I could leave the house and go and hang out with adults and totally have, have fun, you know. I can. I have a seven-month-old. I can so relate to that. Yeah. That's like well, we pretty much picked a gym. I mean, I really love the gym right, right now, but because it has childcare. Nice. Oh yeah, so the one I go <laughs> to is childcare as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. genius. We actually are, are trying to combat the the like separation of communities because. And I've been trying to figure it out for a long time for for NorCal because it's this thing where these competitors they want to compete and you know you want to support that as well because competitors give something other people to look up to so if it's mm-hmm. done right it creates this rally point for the community so people mm. come together around that during the open and they're like oh yeah let's support Chris or let's do this so like competition is not a bad thing it just needs to be done right yeah and I feel like uh, in a, in the right way too it can bring like some. Publicity to your gym. Yeah. Totally. yeah exactly. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But you, I think the mistake is making your gym about competition. Yeah. And yeah. I, sure. And, sure. But, but so we're trying to com- combat that because what we tend to find is people will want to compete. So they go off and they get competitor programming. And then they go in the corner and they stop doing classes and they just do their competitor programming in the class. And it's like you've got your class people and you've got your competitors. Yes. And uh, so what we're doing actually with Warm and Workout is this next month we're launching a competitor track. But the way we've done it is that the normal workout, so the workout of the day for the class, is the GPP for a competitor. So basically, if you go to our website, there's three scaled options. There's Beyond RX, RX, and Fitness. And we suggest most people do RX. But if you're a competitor, you'd want to kind of hit the weights, loads, and times of the Beyond RX part. And then what we're doing is building a separate track on top of that, adds volume, higher complexity of skills, and uh, a little bit more lifting. To, and some double days to that base programming. So in order for a competitor to truly compete, they're going to have to continue to take classes and then do their extra stuff on the side, which I think for me is going to help keep competitors in the community. And that's what I'm pretty pumped on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that a lot of times you do see that separation where if somebody's like, well, I want to focus on competition, they automatically assume that the day-to-day programming is not going to be enough for them. Right. right. So we just use our, our normal class workout as the GPP, which all competitors do, yeah. and then add volume on top of that. And for the first month, this next in June, it's going to be free for all the members. Um, so your gym will get access to it uh, Ooh, that nice. first month. Yeah. So looking forward to that. That's so, that's so smart, Actually, that doesn't though. affect me. So. Wait, no, you don't have to do it. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like I'm that's actually – that sounds great because I'm not going to interact with that. <laughs> I love that though, Pat. I think, and Taz, I think that's so smart to recognize that that's the nature of the beast, but you have to know how to navigate it. Proactive about it. You know? Yeah. And I think uh, you did an interview with Brute Strength Podcast, Pat. I I think I listened to that. And I know that you talked a lot too about it's really important to hire 
the right coaches and how how much of a difference that makes in your community so i think that a lot of people need to pay attention to that especially gym owners oh yeah Mm. Um, i mean that's 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 it's your product yeah that's your product like in the end your coaching is your product like the the i mean if people really wanted to programming is free online they can go to 24 hour and and do that so your coaching and your community is your product if you don't have good coaching they'll go to a gym down the street that does yeah i mean you know worst so true not even worst case scenario but you know you'd always always go to crossfit.com if you're really running out of ideas oh yeah totally yeah That's a good point. So, okay, we're running a little bit out of time. I want to kind of get into switching gears of a day in the life of the Barber family. And <laughs> okay, and, right. how, and just kind of run us through your day. And and are you balancing marriage and balancing kids and how you balance working together? Talk about that. You're on a test. <laughs> and and a also, test. we always talk about, we have this thing we always talk Called about. Marriage which, hashtag marriage Hashtag marriage hacks. So, Pat, you can think about this so while she's talking. Are there any like little tips or tricks that you may or may not, that the other person may or may not know about that you may or may not be finding out about right now? Yeah. Like, for ex- <laughs> I'll give you an example. I'll like, give you an example. Everyone mechanisms. has it. Everyone has it. <laughs> Like, for example, when I come home, my husband works from home when he's home. And so when I come home, he's like super excited. He wants to talk to me. But when I come home, I'm but like, Joy is a therapist. So I'm all a therapist. All day long is talk. And all I do, yeah, I talk all day and I take information in all day. So when I get home, I need like 10 minutes to download. So I go hide in the bathroom. And I just like pretend like I have to go to the bathroom and I stay there for like 10 minutes. Nice. So that's my marriage hack because I have my alone time. But then he's like a puppy dog that wants to talk to me. And I'm like, I love you so much, but I really need to just like, my brain needs to just download to like switch gears. (laughs) and So that's our, that's like an example. I always tell people when we're trying to like get you to think of marriage hacks because everyone has them. Everyone totally has them. I mean, you have to. So, okay. Or like when Joy and Scott get in fights, they both go to Target. Yeah, we go to Target. Yeah, we like leave and go to Target and then I shop and then we come back and we're like, oh, look what we bought. I think, I think Pat's definitely got a couple of marriage hacks. <laughs> I think, well, I think, let me tell you how a day starts and ends yes. and then I'll think about the marriage hack. There so it's, it's different because sometimes Pat goes off in the morning and he'll go coach and the kids and I are here in the mornings on our own or sometimes he's here in the mornings and then he goes and goes to the gym in the afternoons so we kind of we have a bit of a juggling act really it's if he's here in the mornings we'll we'll get up as a family unit usually these days it's around 5 a.m mm-hmm. and the little guy likes to be up for an hour and then he goes back for his first nap at 6 a.m <laughs> how old is your littlest guy he's four months oh wow yeah and so once that's kind of happened, we've had breakfast. I'll I'll try and get some work done. I'll either we have a little shed that we've converted into a, a bedroom slash office. So I'll either go out there or I'll go to a cafe. Or I, it's it's hard to stay at home because I want to hang out with everyone, but I have to leave the house to actually get any work done. Marriage hack. Yes. Leave the house. There leave you the go. House. And then Pat hangs out with the kids. And then basically, when I come back, we. We, we, we switch. We just we just trade off a lot and then he goes over the hill, gets his work done. I have the kids and we're really lucky. Pat's mum lives close by, so we get a lot of help from her. She comes over and helps out and lets me go and get a workout in the in you know, a couple of days a week in the afternoons and you know, I mean, I think everyone's in the same same boat who has children. It's just it's a it's a juggling act of cleaning the house. You know, putting food on the table, getting your work done, getting your social life done with your friends, getting your marriage life done, getting um, your workout in, trying to fit in some gardening or, you know, whatever hobby it is that we have. Pat's really into surfing at the moment. So that's that's sort of his thing. And we, we constantly go back and forward how long his surfing session takes. He's like, yeah, no, I can get it done within ha- an hour and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I'm like, I don't think you can. You and are he- describing this is my... 
exact situation with my husband <laughs> trying to be more into climbing right now. He's like, I'm going to go to the climbing gym. I'll be back in an hour and a half. I'm like, no, you will not. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so funny. Two and a half hours. I'm yeah. like, just, just be on. Just tell me. Like, it's fine. Exactly. Right. Right. Two hours. I just, like, because I'll be standing there after an hour and a half and I'm, you know, like the, the typical, like, wife standing yeah. on the Yeah. And you're deck, like, wait for tapping, the tapping yeah, your toe on the front porch. Oh, you're like, where are you? And then I get, so I go through a mixture of emotions. I, I get really angry for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Oh, you know, I had all this stuff I planned to do. And then after about 10 minutes, I'm like, maybe he's dead. <laughs> now I feel, now really, I feel really bad. <laughs> and then he shows up in his wetsuit. I'm like, he's not dead. So now I'm mad again. He's not dead, but he's about to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, it's, you know, it's totally fine. It's just, I think the biggest thing with, with marriage is communication. We constantly actually, we laugh about it now because it's so terrible sometimes. Like, we will literally think we say one thing to the other person oh, yeah. and the other person will literally think that we've said something completely different and we just, and we still to this day just get things mixed up. Um, and so, so that's, that's pretty, I think that's pretty funny. At least we can laugh about it now. Oh, yeah. I do one of that's my marriage hacks with Brandon goes to the climbing gym is I'll call him at once after I am just barely over the anger hump of like, you said you were going to be back and I'll call him and I'll say something like, Hey, yeah. So, you know, I was just, um, you said you were going to be home around three and it's like, it's almost four. And so, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be Why like, are you lying to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just kind of like lay out the facts and then hope that he jumps in. I'm like, so, you know, you said you're going to, it's like, it's almost four and you know, it's not a big deal, but you know, uh, <laughs> when just, are you I'm just saying, I just want to get an idea of when I can expect you to be home because, you know, and usually I'll try to be like, cause you know, I want to start making you dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Pat, Pat, Pat will come in and be like, "The waves are so good," uh, and I'll just be like, All I, right. I get a text message when I get out of the water that's like, "Hey, what you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> the hell, you mean what I'm doing? Like, I'm, I'm surfing for the hour and a half that I took to go surfing. Oh, so great! Those are marriage hacks, guys. Yep, that's just, exactly what we're talking about. about. <laughs> I think my my marriage, my marriage, big marriage hack for me is I'm like I'm a little bit OCD with cleanliness around the house, like things lying around on the floor or. And I've learned over the last, you know, years that we've lived together, I just, I think I just had to let it go because I would stare at like clothes that he would leave on the floor and it would to just eat me up inside for some irrational reason. And <laughs> yes. And then we have one for that too. Yeah, where you we'll sort of like gesture at the pile and just yeah. say, we go, what what's we, the plan for what's this? What's the plan for this? <laughs> what are we doing with this? Well, that's but, exactly what I do too. I'm but like, here's yeah, the problem. what were you going to do with that dish? Yeah. <laughs> Do but, you have a plan but, for this? Yeah, but here's the problem: is, is it's not, <laughs> is it's not like us guys are being like, I know, I'm gonna throw this in. <laughs> exactly, uh, which is why me, we're asking, what was your thought, was process, your thought process when you left this, this here? But, but, not, but there was no thought process. There's there no malicious. It was literally just like, oh. And so to me, if you did that, and Taz does do that, it doesn't bother me. It's yeah. like, oh, I'll pick it up, and yeah. then I'll pick it up, and I'll put it away. But then. The next time I go to do it, nothing registers to do it again. It's like, <laughs> like just keeps doing it. Just keeps doing it. So like, I so yeah, I gotta get you to... like a shot collar or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to let it go. It was just one of those things, you know. It was totally. Uh, we have to like, pick our battles. Yes, absolutely. we do. That yeah. is, but it's actually hilarious to me because I'll just continue to watch him do it, and now I think it's something. Like, yeah, what is going through his head when he just? Sometimes I'll find Oaks's clothes in like his pajama pants will be upstairs and then his pajama top will be in his bedroom downstairs I'm like how did that happen 
how we do it. That's how we do it. But it's so funny what you guys said too about communication because as a therapist, that's like the number one thing we always talk about with couples is like, okay, you say a statement and then you repeat exactly what you think they just said, and it's always wrong. Right. Like, it's like the it's like the most straightforward game of telephone ever. Right. And it's yet still it always. It's like the story up. in my head is blah blah blah, and they're like, oh. No, that's not what I said at all. And sometimes no. I'll do that with my husband. I'm like, this is what I'm hearing. And he's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, but this is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was, what was I? I was listening to a podcast recently on communication and it was just talking about how your frame of mind for which mm, you right. were in when you heard it will dictate how you remember it. Ooh, that's so like after the fact, when you're looking back on it, you're going to view it in the frame of mind that you heard it regardless of how it was said. So even if it was said in a totally different way, you're going to hear it how you were feeling. So it's like the idea of, me- oh, it was, it was a memory podcast. That's what it was. It was on memory. Uh, the stuff you should know on memory. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about just how memories are, are completely based on how you were feeling at the time. And it, it could be totally different than what the actual situation was. And for me, actually just hearing that that they were totally different allowed me to then reflect on situations that happen and be like, you know, it, she probably was feeling it exactly like she's saying there. And I can let go as, as the, as me in the situation and be like, that's probably how she heard it. Even though I for sure know that my way was how I meant it. Totally. Like I just hearing it from an outside source of like, it's, it's actually different. It's actually Mm -hmm different than what you thought it was was a good way of me looking at the situation like okay i get it and i think that's the the biggest thing that pat and i have actually had to work on over the last especially with having kids you know because we don't get a lot of time to ourselves to to chat and so the the biggest thing that we've worked on is is the communication and how we perceive things with each other with with the with everyone like the world around us like i think like our self-development since having kids also because we want our kids, we want to be role models for our kids. So mm-hmm. um, we've like worked a lot on self-development and obviously it's still, we're you know having to work on it every second of the day, but we're making a big effort. And I think it's really, I think Pat's better at it than I am. I think he's better, he's getting, you know, better at saying the right things at the right time. I still kind of am a bit impulsive, but um, yeah, I think, would you say Pat? That yeah, I mean, Taz reflects really well. In the moment, she's kind of mean. But, uh, <laughs> That's I I do that too, though. But I think (laughs) I I mean, I think what we talk about too. mom, Sandy, mom, Sandy is one of our like favorite listeners. And she um, talks a lot about how you use humor in relationships. And if you stop laughing at the thing, or if you stop, what is it the endearing thing? Yeah, it's like like every couple has their like their little joke, like a little little joke or a little and if and, and, you and, have, and if you stop, you stop responding and or like laughing at that weird little joke. Or once you stop, you know, giggling when he tickles your knee or stop, you know, la- whatever, like once that goes away, you're totally effed. Yeah, you're effed. Yeah. So I think it's like yeah. keeping that humor too of just kind of knowing, stepping back and like going, even okay. Even if it irritates you in the moment, right. you have to like just re- I'll you know, do that. Rem- go back to that base, like there's that baseline of like, this is, you know, their way of saying, hey, I'm still here. I'm still right. this person. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think That's- ours is. Something will be loud. Taz will ask to turn it down. And I'll say, huh? <laughs> I love that. Every single time. And every single time she laughs. And it's pretty funny because most of the time she doesn't laugh at me. So 
like <laughs> I get a pretty good laugh from most of the people I'm around. Taz is like deadpan with ninety-nine percent stuff, but that one thing I can get her every. I love it. <laughs> yes, we totally have those That's things. Totally the like, thing. there's sometimes I'll just crack up at Scott, and he's like, "Why are you laughing at me?" I'm like, "Cause you're funny." And he's All like, right, wait. What? Okay. Okay, we're really running one out of time. Question. We have one more Sorry. question, and this is like, I don't even know what this question means, which is why I want to ask. Yeah, it. I don't know either, but someone has an inside scoop Courtney on you, Pat. Courtney says, "Ask Pat how he builds his magic deck." <laughs> Aggro or control? Oh, that's great. I'm uh, a bit more aggro than I am control. So ma- <laughs> magic yes, is please a... Explain. I'm so glad that you aren't like, what? No, no, no. I'm wondering who this Courtney is. This is interesting. I had a an ex-ex-girlfriend named Courtney, and I'm, I am I have no idea how she would be the one to find this and put this question in there, it, but well, I love it. She lives, girlfriend, this girl lives in Ohio? No, not that okay. Courtney. Yeah, okay. Another Courtney, but she might have seen it somewhere else. Magic the Gathering is a very nerdy card game. Um, Super nerdy. Basically picture Dungeons and Dragons, but with paper oh, cards. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's been around since 1994, and I've played off and on and have thousands of cards. I don't play that often because I have, you know, the rest of life, but I still really enjoy it. <laughs> Seems like um, an involved process. It's, it is a very involved process, but it is super fun just, like, letting go. Picture chess. But then instead of having, you know, just the white piece and the black pieces, you have 5,000 pieces oh that you choose from and you choose and build your own board. And it then you battle. It is so complicated. And it's he tried to make me play with him one time. And he said, I can teach you in one go. And I was like, I, I don't think. She was think reluctant you, to learn. I said, I don't think you can. It is the, the most complicated game. That, I, I, if you look it up online, like each card has like a little gremlin looking like monster type not a thing gremlin. on it. <laughs> and I, and it has like a description under it, like this card has special magic powers and it's gonna shoot this. I don't know. And it's so, like just, Game I, of Thrones in I a card game. I can just like imagine Pat just sitting behind you right now, just shaking his head, like yeah. that's not what it this does. Is not at all. It's really know, easy. He's ashamed of me right now. I'm sure. It's pretty, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so you're more aggro. <laughs> yeah. So so her question is: There's different types of decks, and the decks play against other decks, and there's models that you can build that are either more aggressive in the term that they're trying to just kill the other person really fast. And then there's versions where they control the game. So they use cards that basically manipulate other cards to make it so you have control over the whole game rather than just beating down and attacking the other person. Okay. And depending on how you build your deck, you'll be more aggro or more control. And uh, I tend to be a little bit more aggro. (laughs) Side note, though, Pat actually, because he's so into surfing these days, um... I won't let him buy surfboards after surfboards after surfboards. So he ended up selling. So this is how, like, this game is just so huge. He sold, how many cards did you sell? Like three, seven. Like seven cards, and he could buy a surfboard out of it. Yeah, oh, my so gosh. I, the, the cards, like, they vest over time. They, it, they're, like, they're, like Pokemon cards kind of, but better? Oh, okay, so the company that made Pokemon made Magic the Gathering first. Oh. So this is like the adult version of so that. Pokemon on- is like Magic Junior. It is. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Exactly- so these cards not only are collectibles like a baseball card would be, but they sure. are part of a game. Okay. So if you have a really old one that goes out of print, like the one just sold the other day for about 300K. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, so like, you sold one for 300K? Oh God, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I was like, you I should sold- get I- off the phone right now. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I sold a couple for like I sold seven of them for about six six hundred fifty bucks. Wow! And then, and it's your board. That's amazing. Well, Re- I'm so glad you asked. Actually, to a new hobby. There you go. <laughs> I'm so glad you did know the answer to that question because yeah, when I read I, it, we I was were like, both "What?" Reading it, we were like, "What does this question mean?" 
<laughs> All right. Okay. So we got to finish up here. Thank you guys so much. You've been awesome. Anything coming up for you that we should know about that we can promote? Uh, Pat, are you still doing level one seminars or level two? Yeah, I'm doing level ones. I uh, haven't done a level two in a while. Those are kind of just booked whenever they, they say, hey, Pat, you want to do this? I'm yeah. Sure. I got a, a level one coming up in uh, next week and then one on June. So yeah, those are coming up. So uh, as far as other things coming up, we've got the launch this next month of the Warm Up Workout Competitors Track. Uh, and then we're also launching a kids and teens program. So we're going to launch uh, a kids and teens Warm Up and Workout to programming for kids and programming for young adults. And that's warmupandworkout.com. Right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you're on Instagram with amazing photos of your family, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys again for taking the time out of your busy schedules. We've had so much fun talking to you. We should do another episode of Just Marriage Hacks because that was hilarious. <laughs> no, <laughs> we really picked up momentum it. once we brought that yeah, up. Yeah, we really did. Huh. I, I, I am in. We're passionate about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so good. All right. Well, you guys, thank you again. And uh, listeners, you can find them at warmupandworkout.com. Remember to support our sponsors for athletic com. Find us on all social social media, especially Snapchat. We've completely taken over Snapchat. Snapchat. I don't know if you guys are on Snapchat. I was Snapchat. playing Sellers of Patan last night and I was so excited because there was both a sheep and a wheat yeah. emoji. It's like sheep mm-hmm. for wheat. So great. Yeah. So thank you guys again <laughs> for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you to the barbers. Bye. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right. Bye guys. <laughs>